Hello and welcome to The Family Show. I'm your host, Eleanor Rossman, and joining me today and every week are the two that do all the hard work. Brent and Randy Lee. <laughs> or we make all work hard. <laughs> either, either way. I just enjoy sitting here and listening to them because I could just do that for hours. Anyway, good to see both of you after a nice little break that you had with your kiddos. Well, it's good to see you, of course. Nice to see you. Nice and hot, isn't it? Right in the smack dab of July, middle of July. But here we are. That's a good thing. And we're going to talk today about why John wrote a fourth gospel. Or what we did on our vacation, because it's all the same, right? <laughs> okay, that would be interesting. We're just actually getting back from vacation, right? We're vacationing down in Tybee Island, Georgia, just mm-hmm. off the coast of Savannah. And while we were down on Tybee, I had this fascinating conversation with my daughter, Grace, who just so happens to have a new instrumental CD out on Hammer Dulcimer. And by the way, I have a copy and have listened to it, and I think it's just wonderful. Well, thank you very much. Everybody we, out we, there. We like it, too. It's it's titled Air, after Jane Eyre. Which I guessed right away. Yes. Can you believe it? And, and let, just give the website so people, if they want to get that CD, how oh do they get gosh. it? What is it? I don't know. That's, oh, okay. Well, just contact us at 720. Well, that's, we'll Y-F. figure it out. We'll, find, we'll figure it out. Because you know, because you have the CD well, and, and it says on the CD. But uh, but anyway, um, it's it's all about like rebirth, resurrection, returning to life kind of thematic stuff. But anyway, um, Grace and I are having this conversation and Grace is explaining to me why we have the Gospel of John. Right. And and that's something I had never really thought about. Mm -hmm. Right. Always took it for granted. We just have four Gospels. You know, one was written by the Apostle John. Now, when John wrote his Gospel, there were already three out there. Right. So so what made John think we needed a fourth Gospel? Right. Particularly because when John wrote his gospel, writing a gospel was not something to do lightly, right? First, when John wrote his gospel, both the Romans and the Jews were persecuting Christians. Mm -hmm. So if you valued your life, writing a biography of Jesus wasn't really cost effective, right? (laughs) In addition, as I said, there were already three gospels out there. So, um, I, I really need, so, so you, you ask John, you know, do you really need to stick your neck out and write a fourth one? Yeah. Right? There are no printing presses, so there's no reason to think very many people will actually read this gospel, right? In fact, there's reason to believe John wrote this gospel while imprisoned at a work camp on the island of Patmos, uh-huh. right? So, so one could argue there was reason to believe that no one other than the guard who confiscated it would ever read it, right? Yeah. And, and keep in mind, he's got to write his gospel with quill pen and on papyrus. So the physical writing of 50 pages type two columns a page is going to be brutal on his fingers, right? So so why does John write his gospel? And and Grace suggested it was because John felt he had something unique and important to say. I would think so. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so that's a reason, but what could that unique and important something be? Right? What's John tell us that's missing from Matthew, Mark, and Luke? And, and very early on in John, John chapter 3, John chapter 4, 
we see uniquely only in John, Jesus encountering these two very different people, Nicodemus and the Samaritan woman at the well. And what's so striking about these encounters is that there are no miraculous healings. Jesus just hangs out with these two people. What a waste of time, right? You risked your life, tortured your fingers to tell us that Jesus hung out with people. So those two stories are only in John's gospel. Only in John's gospel. Okay, that's, right? I didn't know that. Matthew, Mark, Luke, they've got Jesus healing people, bringing them back from the dead, feeding the multitudes, right? On top of all that, you needed to tell us, John, that Jesus also just sort of talked with people. That's a little anticlimactic, don't you think? But now, let's take a minute to see who these people are and why Jesus is talking with them, right? So, so Nicodemus is a Pharisee and a ruler of the people. He is a big deal. Has it all, education, prestige, influence. He's in the room where it happens, as they say in Hamilton. So what's he talking with Jesus about? Nicodemus wants to encounter the kingdom of God he wants to know how his life can be reborn. Mm-hmm. Whoa, right? Yeah. He's a religious leader, and he wants to know how to encounter God, mm-hmm. right? He's got all of this stuff, and he wants to start over, right? Notice, this is all happening in Jerusalem. When Jesus is routinely encountering people in the temple all the time, but Nicodemus doesn't want to encounter Jesus in the temple in front of other people. Nicodemus is a mess. He thinks his whole life is a lie, but no one else can know it's a lie. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night. Yeah. So what happens when this fraud, this mess, this imposter comes to Jesus? What does Jesus do with him? He loves him. He loves him. Why? Because Jesus doesn't want him to perish. Jesus wants Nicodemus to have eternal life. Mm-hmm. Right? John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. That's what that line really means. It's why it's there, right? That's in John 3 with Nicodemus. Are you so messed up that no one else can know how messed up you are and you want to start over, but you don't know how to? That's what Christ is all about, Mm. to show you in those moments you're still loved. In in his song, Peace, Rich Mullins has this, this incredible line. It's Jesus saying, I love you more than your mask. Right? Notice Jesus doesn't storm into Nicodemus's life to change it, right? He just loves him where he is Mm -hmm. and trusts in this transforming power of that love. Mm -hmm. Right? Joyce Meyer had this great line the other day. She said, you can't love someone where you want them to be. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. 
you have to love them where they are, and maybe that love will help them become what they can be, what love wants for them. So in spite of maybe what they're doing or what they're about, you don't love them for where you want to see them go. It's for who they are, their value now, their worth now, knowing what they can be. It's, it's I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you now where you are, who you are, right? I'm not going to love you into what you need to be to please me. But that, now, thinking of a parent here, that doesn't mean like that everything that this kid's doing is A-OK, right? I mean, loving them for who they are, but recognizing, uh, do you know what I'm saying? If you love an alcoholic... Do you give them alcohol to make them happy? No. Right? That, that's not the way it works. You don't, you don't facilitate, like loving someone doesn't mean you facilitate their self-destruction. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Like, like giving free needles and free, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this is what our culture sometimes We preaches. We talked a couple of weeks ago about, about the difference between accepting someone. Yeah. Right? Accepting someone and approving of some behavior. Yeah. And and I can accept you. I can embrace you. I can love you. I can welcome you without approving of, of the behaviors that you may want to engage in. Right. And I think as parents, we, we understand that no matter what, we love our kids. I'll always love them. Right. You're not happy about sometimes the things they do or say or whatever, but you love them. And you're saying that love is that transforming that's exactly, that's exactly right. That's in the presence of light, in the presence of love, people are transformed. You know, I think that's oh, go ahead. how strong love is. I'm thinking of um, if you can convey that and be very, as a parent, very strong in it, I think that is the best thing you can do. Mm-hmm. And as Eleanor said, you're not approving of you know, right. maybe some of this behavior, but I almost think if we were talking, this is a little bit of a side, but, um, kids with autism and there's this yeah. one phenomenal program up in Massachusetts, sunshine and their whole sunshine sunrise philosophy is you don't take these kids and come into our world, come into yeah. our world. You go into their world yeah. first. Mm-hmm. And when they feel accepted and comfortable, they will start coming in too. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I get that too because looking back in my years of counseling, mm-hmm. I loved my clients. Right. I truly right. did. I wasn't a great counselor. I didn't have like the perfect, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, mm-hmm. background or training right. or whatever. Right. But I recognize in looking back that uh, those that seem to be doing well, I do believe it's because of that loving acceptance Absolutely. where they felt safe enough Absolutely. to say, I'm broken. Because yeah. you know what? We judge ourselves very harshly. Yeah. And that sometimes keeps puts that wall up or that mask that doesn't let anybody else in right. because I don't think you like what you see. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. And that's true. A lot of times we just push away because we don't like what we see. But that it's it's not a technique. It's right. the loving force, I think, believe through Jesus, right? I mean, you can ponder the power of love for your whole life. And I don't think we even scratch the surface. I mean, we use the word so much, but if we truly got deeper, it is an extremely explosive uh, 
This is a place, this is a place where you can acknowledge that you are broken, right? So it's not like this is a place where you have to be perfect. This is a place where you can be broken and, and we can, we can work on, right? If if you want, it's a safe place to experiment on being fixed, right? Or getting better. My daughter, Grace told me, dad, John wrote his gospel to show us Christ meeting people where they are and loving people where they are and always remembering all they are created to be. We're going to have to stop very quickly for a break, but we're going to be back in just a minute. You're listening to The Family Show with Brendan Randy Lee. Please stay tuned. Family Show with Brendan and Randy Lee, and we were talking about, um, well, you say it. Jesus being a place, well, Brenda was actually saying it, so <laughs> Jesus being a place where you're loved and not judged or condemned. Yes. Right? You, you, can, you can take the mask off, and it's, t- it's safe to take the mask off, right? And, and before the break, we were talking about Nicodemus, so, so now it would be good to talk about the other you know, John chapter four person, mm-hmm. right? Good to talk about the Samaritan woman at the well. And intriguingly on the surface, this woman is the polar opposite, the antithesis of Nicodemus. Right? In the sense of she's... Well, well okay. in, in the sense that Nicodemus was a Jew, he was a Pharisee, he was a ruler, right? Wealthy. He's, he's got it all mm-hmm. together, right? On the surface, he's got it all together. Yeah. And this woman at the well is a social outcast. Mm-hmm. She's a Samaritan, right? right? Which is kind of like, you know, they took all the Jews out of Samaria and then they brought the foreigners in and they were sort of Jews, but sort of not. They're all messed up, The right? Jews looked down on the Samaritans. They, they hated them, yeah. right? They were intruders mm-hmm. and pretenders, right? She's a Samaritan and not just a Samaritan woman, it's not bad enough that she's a Samaritan, but she's a Samaritan woman. But in a culture that frowns on divorce, yeah. she's had five husbands, and now she's living with a guy she's not married to. Right. Right. Notice that she's at the well alone. Yeah. Right. The well was a social gathering place. Right. All the women went to the well at the same time every day, yeah, usually in the evening. Right. Because you didn't want to be standing out there when it's really hot. Right. This woman is there at noon mm-hmm. when it is as hot as it's going to get. But no one else will be there. She doesn't want to be scorned. Exactly. This woman is alone. She's alone in town. She's alone in her home where the woman she lives with won't marry her. But, but hey, who needs people, right? I may be alone, but I'm not lonely, right? I've got me. I'm okay, right? At least that's what she says before she encounters Jesus. So Jesus shows up, asks her for a drink, and she says, 
hey, blockhead, what are you doing talking to me, a Samaritan woman, right, or words to that effect. And, and you can hear like the that. bitterness in her voice, it, it, too. Or, or whatever, yeah, yeah, right. Don't you know you shouldn't have anything to do with me, right? Mm-hmm. Don't you know you shouldn't have anything yeah. to do with me? Let's just cut this off now for both our sakes. Right. And Jesus' response is to encounter her again. Yeah. I am here to offer you the gift of God, living water. Right. And and there's this love transforming, right? You, you talked about you can hear the bitterness in her voice, and all of a sudden she responds to Jesus. Please give me your water mm-hmm. because I am so thirsty. Right. And I don't ever want to have to thirst again. Please, sir, teacher, where do I go to encounter God? Two very different people in the eyes of the world. Nicodemus seemingly on top, the Samaritan woman seemingly at the bottom. And yet it's the same encounter. And Jesus knew. He told her what she did. Well, that's exactly right. This woman is like, uh, the mask, it's got to go. I'm tired of the mask. I'm tired of being lonely. I'm Mm -hmm. tired of pretending. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of being thirsty. Hiding, whatever. Exactly. I just want to come home to the Father. Prodigal son time, right? Mm -hmm. Coming to myself, right? In the presence of Christ, she came to herself. Everything's out in the open. And when everything's out in the open... Jesus just loves them. Incredible moment. We have this woman who doesn't want to encounter anybody. Right. right? She's coming to the well when she knows she won't encounter anybody. Right. And she meets Jesus, and she's suddenly off to encounter everybody. Yeah. That's what she does next. Yeah. And notice what she says when she encounters people. Mm -hmm. I met a man who told me Mm -hmm. all I ever did. Right. Right, And two things follow from that statement. First, Jesus can see everything, right? This guy has special powers. Right. But two, he saw, mm-hmm. but it didn't matter. Right. God didn't come to condemn me. He came to love me. He came to have me respond to his love. It's like the woman caught in adultery. Yeah. Right. And isn't that message so oh. for today? I mean, you look around and it's just like, you don't even know where people are from or what they're doing. They're just, you feel like you don't relate to anybody Mm -hmm. and your mind quickly judges them. But we need to just have that message of Jesus and just say. Yeah, because we're really, especially in these days, pitted against one another. Sure. Ideologically, Ah, in in every way. It's for isolated through COVID, you know. Well, that's, that's, I mean, that's, he came for Everybody, and that's what's everybody. coming out, and, and everybody's messed up, right? Yeah, Instead of being pitted, right, you're all messed up, right? Get the plank out of your own eye, right? right. You're, you're messed up, right? You got these two very different people in these two very different places, and Christ just wants to love them both where they are and hopefully spend eternity with them. I think sometimes we get the sense somehow that Catholicism demands that everybody must fit one size. Mm-hmm. But Catholicism is more like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, right? It, it's meant to fit everyone regardless of the, of their size and shape one at the moment. One size fits all. Well, that's exactly mm-hmm. one pant fits all. It just yeah. it stretches. It mm-hmm. changes itself, mm-hmm. right? Christ is who you need him to be to get you who you were created to be. Right. And I don't know why we think God would create us uniquely down to our fingertips mm-hmm. 
and then expect all of us to grow up to look exactly the same. Right. In, in the Lord of the Rings, right, the ring tells Gollum two lies to trap him, right? It goes back to what you guys were saying about it, very much like our time, right? First, the ring tells Gollum the ring can make him happy. Yeah. And once Gollum begins to realize that maybe that's not true, the ring tells Gollum he can't go back. He can't go home. He can no longer be loved. And I wonder if sin doesn't work in a very similar way with very similar lies in our world, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people think the Dobbs opinion, the Supreme Court decision overturning yeah. Roe v. Wade, signals a call to political action. Yeah. But I think even more, it signals a call to evangelization. Mm-hmm. There are so many women out there saying, the church just wants to control my yeah. body, mm-hmm. right? And they need to know that this isn't about the church controlling their body. It's about their beloved dwelling in their heart. Yeah. Right? Are you tired of being alone? Are you tired of being thirsty? Are you Mm -hmm. tired of the masks? Are you tired of the darkness? You don't even need to come home. He's already there waiting. He just wants you, right? He just wants to hold you where you are, and he just wants you to hold him, mm-hmm. right? If Jesus doesn't want you to hold him close, Jesus doesn't want you to hold him intimately, why come in Eucharist, right? You're not, not, not going to ever hold him any more intimately than you hold him in Eucharist. Why be the Eucharist if you don't want to be held intimately? Yeah. Right. One of my other daughters went out very early over our vacation because that's when she knew her children would be sleeping. Right. (laughs) And she's watching the sunrise over the ocean. And she says, Dad, right. How could you feel abandoned by a God who made the ocean and the light, the dawn rising up from it? Mm hmm. Right. I saw this sign in a, in a truck stop. Right. What what a way to, you know, most people read books over their <laughs> vacation. I, signs I, I go into truck stops and read you're signs. Sea, right. But but <laughs> actually, you're right, Eleanor, because I didn't even buy the sign. I just read it. Right. <laughs> and, and the sign says, stay close to the people who feel like sunshine. Hmm. Right. Stay close to people. You know, don't get caught up in all these people venting their anger today. Right. That's not where you want to be grounded. Yeah. Those are the people you want to ground for. Right. You know, I think that that stay close to people who feel like that's great advice. And I think not only do we need to stay grounded in the people who love like Jesus. Yeah. Right, where we can take off our mask and just be messed up and know that there's hope to be more than that. But I think we also need to f- try to feel like sunshine for others. And the, I, we have to encounter Jesus personally in order to be that for other people. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We have to have that personal relationship with Jesus. Every day. Every day. And I don't mean... You know, sometimes people say, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? You know, that almost puts me off a little bit. Like, well, I don't hear him. Right. Like, I don't hear him. Right. But it's more than that. It's not a matter of an audible sound. It's a matter of speaking with him from the heart. Right. Where you are. That's exactly, I mean, one, it's, it's, it's not whether you can feel him. It's not whether you can hear him. You're exactly right. on. See him. It's, it's 
does his love have the opportunity to flow through you? Mm. Right? That's, that's when we have a personal relationship with God. We have a personal relationship with God when he is a vine and branches. We have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ when we are a, when we are a branch on his vine. His life flows through us and bears fruit in the lives of others. But that's the personal relationship. and work on that belief and faith in his yeah, goodness. Yes. He wants that Trust goodness. in that goodness. Again, I again, being at the ocean, you look and I'm like, all right, you look at that sunrise, you look at the beautiful ocean, you look at the colors, and I'm like, he creates that, how great, or he created a beautiful plan for each one of us. Yeah. And it's accepting that each day and being open to it. I always tell Randy, I try to say, live in that anticipation of his blessings, the blessings of heaven each day. And it's like looking down a train track. When you're going someplace, you're like, here it comes, here it comes. Yeah. Every day. Anticipate the surprise. Anticipate. Oh my gosh. And you know what? Great expectations. And doesn't he though? Doesn't he? Yes. We talk. But you have to be open. The whole key is like, Looking for it, expecting it. You know what? I think sometimes familiarity breeds contempt because it's almost when we get out of our environment, like you did, go to the ocean, yes. see that sunrise. Yes. I mean, it is a wake up call. It is. You That's look why there we... and say, this is a new day. Yep. You know, we try to say that, oh, here's a new day. It feels just like yesterday. It's right. just as hot as yesterday, but it's not yesterday. Right. It's now. Right. It's present. Whatever takes you in the present moment. Absolutely. That's exa- and, but we're going to have to stop. Oh, oh we man. Ran out of time. I'm sorry. I hate cutting you off, but hey, listen, <laughs> yeah. we're on every Friday at 30 on AM 720. So listen to us, the family show. And keep us in your prayers. And we leave you with the beautiful sound of seasons. <laughs> 